This episode is brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal. Nestled against a rolling hillside and just down the road from Palomar Mountain, guests at Harris Resort SoCal can expect gorgeous views, friendly staff, available night and day to encourage everyone to have a great time. When I was there recently, I had a chance to dine at California's first and the nation's largest house kitchen. And it's true, the beef wellington and sticky toffee dessert are great. The restaurant is inspired by the hit TV show and features a menu approved by the Michelin star celebrity chef, Gordon Ramsay himself. Hope to see you all at Harris Resort SoCal in 2024. What's up? It's Antonius Longmonganekong. You know who I am. Rapper extraordinaire. Producer extraordinaire. You know, weed smoke tongue extraordinaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history, and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over the world. What's up, Ken? I love it. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, man. You know, yeah, it's you know, it's been a long time, man. I mean, we see each other throughout the years, and but you know, it's been a long time since we've known each other, since we met each other. You came down uh, to LA in the uh, in the early 2000s or late 90s or something like that, hanging well, out. I actually with us. met you guys in San Jose first. Oh, okay. You came down. Oh, with with Tim. I came up with Tim for I think a casting thing. Yeah, or some or some with the uh with the Kung Fu brothers, Andy yeah. and Andy uh, and Tony. Tony. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You know, yeah, it was it was uh that's where we met. And I think the next time we saw you was on set uh, on the Green Dragon. Um oh, that shit was awesome. Yeah. And then Green Dragon. Remember, that, remember that trip we t- all took to Sundance? Oh wow! With Patrick Swayze, mm-hmm. Forrest Whitaker, <laughs> that was some memorable shit. That was epic, wasn't it? Yeah, super epic. That was like one of the best times of my life. Yeah, like, me too. Partying with yeah. just all was, you guys, that shit was fun, dude. That was that was a, like a week, really nonstop, way back. <laughs> that was way back. Sundance Film Festival. You remember that one uh, guy who was in the Titanic? He was the bald guy. He was Kate Winslet's uh, like husband. I forget his name. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. like Batman or something before. Or not, I, not, I don't, no. I don't remember what he was, but he was a big, big actor. I mean, I have to look him up. But I remember I have a picture of actually you oh, yeah. passing a, a joint to him. Huh? I have a I picture. Passed, of- I passed a bunch of joints to a lot of people, bro. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Talking about Green Dragon, oh my God. That was the real Green Dragon. <laughs> On the set of Green Dragon, oh snap. Yeah. Fun experience, talking about that experience, talking but, about but passing the duchy. Back then, you and and these boys had so much weed on you way before it was ever legal. You guys weren't afraid to get like locked up or pulled over. I always thought about that. We were young, bro. <laughs> you know, like super young we're like back then like 16 running things you know we were still in high school running things you know it was it was crazy like uh we're like going to raves already selling you know Mm -hmm. making my hustling we're just like a bunch of bad little kids 16 year olds you know just uh trying to you know hustle because you know where we grew up it wasn't always you know 
all always uh, flowers and dandelions. Yeah. And, you know, it was just, it was bad, you know, and we we're poor. So we all like, you know, just try to hustle. And the weed game was, you know, we got introduced to that at an early age. So. Yeah, it was, I always wondered where and how the hell do the, the, the weed was like nonstop, I, I, although I didn't smoke it at the time and I still don't really smoke weed. I don't consider myself. A <laughs> but you guys had so much weed every time I turned around and it was like P Patrick was smoking and and you just, rest in peace, Swayze. Rest in peace, Swayze. Buddy. Oh, man, that, that story with uh, with with Swayze. I remember on the set of Green Dragon, like uh, me and my boy Donor, where, you know, we got invited on, on the set. And uh, I remember uh, Tim introduced us, yo, yo, these are my boys, my cousins, blah, 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 to, to Swayze. And Tim was like, you know, they got weed, you know, smoke some weed. And Swayze's like, oh, yeah, and you, you know what? Come to my trailer. Come <laughs> to my trailer. And we're like, you know, me and Daniel looking at each other like, oh, snap, we're about to smoke some shit. Like, you know, like this Patrick Swayze back in the 90s. He was like super big celebrity. Yeah. You know, he was he was like the it dude. And like, we're about to smoke weed with him, you know? And I was like, oh, snap, I'm about to smoke some bomb shit. Come to find him going to his trailer, you know, close doors, me, me him, and uh, Daniel, right? And then... uh you know, he 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 busts out like a pipe, right? We're like, what? You know, he busts <laughs> out this old fucking uh, like tin pipe. You know, this old like metal pipe, bro. Like the old school. We're like, you know, back back then, like we we're already into like the craft pipes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know? glass like, and stuff already. Yeah. And uh, we're like, oh okay. I was like, you know, kind of suspect already. And then uh, he busts out some. Mexican swag, <laughs> like you know, like <laughs> back then we called it swag weed, you know, like that that brown get in a brick, you know, you have to like peel it apart, like you know, we're like, oh, I was like, uh, I didn't want to be rude, you know, so you know, That's we like smoked it, and he's like, dude, this is the primo. That's you know, Swayze was like, you know, like this is that primo stuff. We're like, uh. And then and then we packed him some of our stuff, you know, and uh, shh, it blew his mind. I remember he told like Tim, he asked Tim, you know, hey, this is like after, you know, we went home and everything already. He was like, hey, did your cousins uh lace? <laughs> lace the weed was that shit. <laughs> Cause he never had weed that good before. We had that that skunk, we had, you yeah. know, back in the day, we had that chronic. So yeah, that was a rest in peace. That's a funny story. I always remember me and Swayze smoking swag with him. I remember at Sundance, uh, Dave Ogden got yeah. this long ass uh, limo. I thought he got it, but it, it turns out that they stole it or they talked the driver from another uh, party into letting us get picked up because Swayze was, you know, in the in the mix. And so I remember Ogden somehow got that long stretch limo. We all packed it in. Remember that? And yeah. we roll up to all these parties. And then what you saw was like Swayze. Nobody. Swayze would stand with the doorman. And then like 40 of us would just like roll, walk in. Walk in. It was the craziest. Like, <laughs> Until and, he's like, okay, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Forrest Whitaker was like at the at the tail end of the, of the, of the party. And he would yeah. stop who, who, whoever the last one in yeah. the crew was. 
it was some epic shit. And we went around town like that for, for like days partying. Oh, God, bro. I was like, this is what gods do? <laughs> you know, I was like a yeah. youngster back then. Yeah. Like, and that has never, like, that has never happened before or since uh, that time, that Green Dragon uh, Sundance premiere. Was it was an epic, epic time. It was an epic, epic time. Bro. Yeah. I remember like uh, back then, uh, we were just ruthless, bro. We'll just get into any of those parties. Yeah. We chose to. All those private parties we got into just. So sometimes we didn't even need like Swayze or nothing. We were just because we were confident. Like, you know who I am? I'm Antonius Maximus. Where's my shoes at? You know, we get the swag stuff. They were giving out all that swag stuff. Going there, but you're not on the list. What do you mean I'm not on the list? I'm Antonius Maximus. And they're like, oh, get this guy some shoes. Yeah, it was such a different time, right? That shit was fun, bro. Now, since then you've been back to vietnam and you've lived here you know in california going back and forth how has being vietnamese changed for you what what's the what does it mean to you today wow being vietnamese that's just who i am man mm. like i'm vietnamese i love being vietnamese i'm proud to be vietnamese my culture is vietnamese just because i was a uh, you know, raised in in the United States, you know, doesn't mean I'm not Vietnamese. And I'm just proud, you know, like, especially in the music now, like we accomplished a lot in past 10 years, the way hip hop has changed in Vietnam. I'm like really proud of the talent coming out of Vietnam so soon, hopefully very, very soon, you know, Vietnam could be on the world stage, there's somebody in Vietnam, you know, can like yeah. be part of that world stage. So, what, what are you doing? Right I'm just proud, you know, like there's yeah. no food, food like ours, you yep. know, got the best soup in the world, pho, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah, just, what, you know, I'm just proud. That's, you know, that's my mom's Vietnamese, my parents' Vietnamese, you know, so in me. Before I, I uh, get to all the other questions. What I just want to return back to what you just said about like you wish and hope that there's an artist, a Vietnamese rap artist that sounds like it'll like you hope that they'll cross over to the mainstream one day, right? Is that the, what you Dude, said? We had like hella chances. What's okay? Tell me when you like you know Koreans right now. Bam! All these K-pop bands and you know they're just they're on the world stage. Japan got the anime stuff. They they started you know like. You know, like Thailand even got, you know, Vietnam, who do we have so far? We had what? We had Dustin, we had Kiu, Kiu, Kiu Jin, right? You know, but that was like- what? They haven't crossed over, crossed over though yet. No, but that's what I'm saying. Why do you think that that's the problem? Why do you oh, think that that's, that exists? I've been trying to figure that out for, like, for a while. And there's, I could go in all kinds of directions, can we can go, you know, but- uh, uh, but let's go. Let's go in that direction right now. Let's 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 break it out. Um, why don't we have a rapper that's crossed over? You know, I was hoping you would be that guy one day. You know, you know, especially in the early days with Kid and Play, and I think you were like collaborating with the Black Eyed Peas. I mean, there was so much momentum for you that okay. But we'll get into that too because that's a an important part of our discussion here today. But why do you think that we haven't crossed over mainstream yet? 
Well, we kind of did. Like I said, Dustin, you know, Dustin crossed over to the mainstream, you know, like uh, 21 Jump Street, Dustin Nguyen we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, and like we had a lot of opportunities. Like Hong Ka could have been, you know, one. Um, right now, Ben Z, Tolliver, like all these people yeah. could, could be the it factor, you know. We, we had opportunities, but I don't know. I, I think... Um, we should invest more into our artists that should be up there with the world right now. But but okay, let, let, let's, let's stop right there. You say we should invest more in our artists. Benzie has a shit ton of money right now. Like, who, like what money kind of- Money is one thing, but we need, we need a whole country to be behind him. We need mm -hmm. like higher powers to, to be like, yo, yeah, he's representing us as a country. And then what do you they do? I mean? What is the government or what is the whole, let's just say the whole country is behind this and they're like, okay, let's push him out there. I'm sure the country would love to do that. I, I'm sure the government and the people in the industry would love to do it. But like, how do we do it? Like let's I say said, we have all, all the money in the world. We have all the intentions from all the people, government. We have everybody who wants Benzie to be out there because Benzie's fucking talented, right? Now we have, let's just say, theoretically, we have everybody behind him. What do you think needs to happen to get him into people's mind overseas the way they've gotten like BTS? We need to pull the trigger. What trigger? Everybody being behind, that's that's theoretical one thing, but yeah, everybody being behind and pull the trigger. Like a whole country being behind the government, you know, here, over there, like, you know, all the Vietnamese people just, just go behind and and make it and, and keep feeding it, feeding it into like the, the mainstream, you know, just like BTS, just like all these Latin uh, artists yep. stuff are doing right now, you know, like that the whole Latin thing is just world music right now, you know, it's trending like, so. Okay, so, so let me, let me, let me get into this with you then deeper, which is you suggest that we should all get on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and just push these artists as much, give them as much, because that, that doesn't involve money. That involves all of us listening to this podcast. That, that involves everybody really pushing for Ben Z and sharing Ben Z's music and listening to Ben Z. Like Ben Z, there's Suboy could have been, Suboy and Kimmy, Suboy. I thought would, would have been it. Yes. Like, oh my God, like, they speak so English. Boy, to me, it was like like Missy Elliott of totally. Vietnam, and Kimmy's was like Lauren Hill of, totally. of Vietnam. They got you know? talent, and it too. was like it's just you know, there's something about Vietnam that haven't been up there with the world yet. We have that's what I'm talking about. We have all this talent, but I think if more of like people in power can can you know like us is one thing and stuff, right? We got some followers, yeah, we. And we do, which we, we, we share, you know, what we like, yep. what artists we like, we share, right? Yeah, that's how we get help. But it takes more than that. It takes people in power. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, that's that's willing to, to, to push it to the next level. And, you know, that's one thing to have money. Yeah, but do you have power? So Yeah, because the Korean government... Korean government stood behind all of their artists. All their artists. That's all why they're all making money, you know, mm -hmm. like internationally. Vietnam could do the same thing. But I'm not trying to, you know, tell the government what to do over there, you know? It's yeah, just, I get it. Yeah.
Yeah. You know, I think like Suboy and Kimmy's back then were the two that could have went far. Like, you know, because that's why I compare Kimmy's to is like Lauren Hill of Vietnam. She could have rap and sing, and Suboy was just like Missy Elliott. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they still are now. They're big. They yeah. They are now. Huge. And then, so let's take it back to you and your journey in the early days with Kid and Play and the collabs with like back, Black Eyed Peas at the, in the early days. Like, how do musicians have this like period where it's like you could potentially launch into strat in the stratosphere, right? But what happens along the way that sort of like, you know, do you give up? Do you like, you just get down on your 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 art and you know you just kind of like lose steam and you're like lose interest because your momentum i thought that you were gonna take it like with suboy too well i mean you're not doing bad today because you have a gazillion followers you know today but back then i mean th th we didn't have social media back then either and that's you know, what i was about to say it was different back then totally social different. media yeah wasn't, i didn't have that if you had then, it back then it'd be totally oh different. my god it you know but you know it is what it is you know i yeah. could I'm just proud to be one of the ones that paved the way because, you know, it wasn't for rappers like myself, like LK and, you know, like some of the ones back then, the, the, the what, Rap Souls, the, you know, I'm naming like old school people like the Space Speakers and, it, it, you know, it wouldn't be, Vietnam uh, hip hop wouldn't be where it is now, today, yeah. you know, and I, I can say, you know, I'm probably, you know, was one of the ones to, to pave that days. way yeah. a lot, you know, especially me being Vic Q, you know, it was even like harder for me to do stuff in Vietnam, you know, it was like it, everything. I, I remember signing with the uh, Early Risers, my first company I signed with, Yun Kak Lin and Tan Bui's label, right? Yeah. That's how, you know, I made my name in Vietnam. They helped me. Um, but anyways, like they had, to jump through loops with the government back, you know, back then in Vietnam Why? for everything I did, everything what, like what were the, photo shoots, the, like just had to get permission, constantly get permission, like you know, always getting like yaita uh, you know, they called it like for everything, for every move do, I made. Do they do that now, huh? Do they do that now? Oh yeah, I still now, but you know, it's the. Uh, Hip hop is more acceptable now. Back then, I was like Vic U, I mean, it's red out of red mohawk, you know. Like nobody had a mohawk back then, and nobody had it red, especially, yeah. you know. And so back then, they looked at me like I was an alien, you know. Like why all these people follow, you know? Why does this guy always have the girls with him? With this short little dude, red hair, always had these tall girls. So the government, you know, was like, what the fuck? You know, let's keep an eye on this motherfucker. Yeah. Like, you know, so it was it was hard back then for, for, for me to do anything, especially for rap music. You know, back then, rap music, it was it was it was underground, very, very underground. underground. And it was <laughs> Vietnam rap music under underground, you know, and like it was frowned upon because, you know, Back then, it was all about love music and pop ballads and stuff that was happening in Vietnam, you know? And here I am all tatted up, red mohawk, you know, talking about I'm so deaf, and you know? 
And, you know, hey, I was one of the first rappers made on a motion, you know, motion picture. Vietnam, you know, they might thin in the house and so yeah. damn. Hey, but anyways, um, you know, it was, I was one of the first to go mainstream, is what I'm saying, paved the way. But in order to do that, you know, like early risers had to pay and they had to, you know, like do a lot of uh, license just for me to be, yeah. do the music and be part of that scene. But, but before you got even to Vietnam, you were a rising star here in LA. You were like, you know, doing collabs with these yeah, bigger yeah. guys, like mainstream guys here in LA, like Kid and Play and like I said, Black Eyed Peas. Where, where do you think that it slowed down? Like how did it get derailed from all this? Or did they did they fall, fall out of flavor? You know, Kid and Play and you know, all these other guys that you were collabing with? No, uh, well, living in uh, Southern California, you have all these opportunities. Yeah. You know? And back then, especially I had the bomb weed can. Yeah. I had that bomb That's weed, so. That opened doors to to everybody, you know? And like it, back then having weed was not like having weed now, it's like abundant now, you know, ever since the laws and stuff has, has changed. Yeah. Back then, like, shoot, I had that bomb weed from the Bay, it's living like in LA, you know? And uh, yeah, man, um, I had, it, it slowed down because I didn't have a team. I was my team. Mm. Every every artist, that's the my only regret back then is like should put together a, like a team team instead of just a bunch of people working trying to get money after after I would get a chunk and everybody would like you know instead of like a team trying to just build together you know so I was basically my own manager my own booking artist my own you know went out there like got. Networked, you know, I was a network king, you know, that yeah. back then came over like network kings. But, anyways, yeah, um, so I, didn't team, have a team. Huh? I was my own team, and yeah. you can't do everything alone. I was the artist, producer, fucking, you know, the, the, uh, I had a whole band, I had a 12 piece band back I then. Came, that. You know, the, the Nuthouse band. The Nuthouse band, artists. that was so fun. You know, I, I had to manage a 12 piece band. Uh, you know, back then, I had like, I was my own manager. I managed me. I had to manage the the brand. I had, you know, I did everything all my all myself. I didn't have a team. You know, I had a team of artists. Yeah. You know, but I didn't. That was that was the mistake. But you know, but there's no way uppity up. But I just didn't know yeah. how to manage it. But there's no way we don't what we can figure out what we don't know. It's hard to figure out the things that you don't know at the time. You know. And back then, you kind of needed to, like, lean on a label or lean on something, you know, back then, because social media wasn't powerful yet. Yeah. It wasn't, so it was them. like, barely in its infant stage, yeah. you know? So I had to do, you know, I came from a different era back then. Like, yeah, you know, this is before Vietnam. Like you said, I was already working with the Peas, you know, and, like, a whole bunch of just uh, people. But Swayze, I even did songs with Patrick Swayze before. Oh, shit. Away, you know? And it's... uh but like I said, you know, I came from a different era back then. It wasn't it wasn't like now. Now you don't need a record label. You are your own brand. And that's what I was teaching back then to people already, you know, to the rappers in Vietnam when it was just still underground. And like I, I remember like a lot of them fronted on me because I, I, I went straight when I went back to Vietnam and became famous, I went 
straight to showbiz, straight to mainstream, my music. It made it on like a, a, motion, a major motion picture, you know? And like one of the first time hip hop was on a big screen, you know? Yeah. A song. And uh, so like the underground didn't really have respect, but they didn't know like what I, I was underground, you know, already in, 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 in uh, the States and yeah. stuff. It's just, you know, I happen to just, you know, new people and it shot me straight, you know, to the top. And back then I was trying to teach these guys, you know, now, you know, they're all good now. But back then I was trying to teach them, teach them about like branding and, uh, you know, being a, you know, being, being your own company, you know, like make, make this money, you know, like don't just think of it as just a, a passion because, you know, that's one thing. Now you already kind of have a name. Do something with that name, you know. Build on it. You know. But back then they weren't worried about that. They're like, no, we got to remain underground. It's like okay. So you know. But now it's like rap is so part of the mainstream, mainstream. of Vietnam now. It's massive. Mainstream. Huge. Like, I wish I had it like that, like back then, you know. But, like, but let me ask you something: Is it too late? Because now you have a name for yourself, you have a following. You know, you're relatively young still. You know, what's stopping you from entering into the market today? What do you think? I'm still. I'm still I never left. I'm still in and out, but yeah. I have other interests now. I'm older now, you know. Back then, I had that passion just. You know, you're young in my 20s back then, what we're talking about. And, you know, now it's like 20 years later, you know, it's like I have other interests now. And But I, I still I'm an artist at heart. You know, yeah. I was born an artist. I have artist yeah. blood in me. So that's why I'm still doing music now. You know, I'm still relevant now. I took a little hiatus for a little bit after I had my kid. But, you know, I wanted to venture into like fatherhood. You know? Yeah. You know, so I took a little hiatus. I wanted to like, you know, I wanted to go into that adventure. And now, you know, she's older now and like, you know, COVID happened, you know, and, it, I, you know, it's funny to say, but, you know, sad to say, but like COVID kind of brought me back. Yeah. Tell me about that story. Yeah, because I took a hiatus like for like five, six years. I didn't really put out any music. Mm -hmm. Didn't do nothing, like no social media, no, I, you know, I focused on just, and plus hip hop wasn't like the way it is now back back then in, in, in Vietnam. It was still like that, it was still not good, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I just turned everything off. I just, you know, but COVID hit and damn, like, you know, brought me out of that hiatus. What happened? How did it bring you back out? Well, you know, during when COVID first hit, we're on lockdown over here. Yeah. You know, like all of us, you know, we're on lockdown. And uh, my wife, you know, Amy was uh, getting sick of me, bothering her all the time because I was bored. I was like just bothering her, you know, like, you know, being me. And like, she was like, you know, why don't you like do live streams? You know, go live and talk to your fans. I was like, man, I haven't done social media in like years. And, you know, like, when what the fuck is live stream? What the wow. fuck? You know, I was like, what is live stream? But, you know, I, I was still like new. And I was like, I'm not going to talk to myself. What the fuck? I'm going to sit here and just talk to myself, you know? Like, it's so crazy. Like, well, you know, do something. Don't bother me. You know, I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to try this out, you know? 
And, you know, she's like, you know, just smoke some weed and just go live. And I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> wow. And that's and that's how it all started, bro. Like, you know, the first couple of times was weird, you know, because I only had like maybe 25 people yeah. viewing, maybe max, <laughs> you know, so like 10 people. I'm like, this is fucking lame, you know? <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm talking to 10 what, people. What kept you going? Watching me. You know, and I was like, this is so lame, you know, and like, and then I just started, I guess, smoking weed, like just, just looking and talking to the 10 people, because <laughs> that's how bored we were during the pandemic, remember? Like, we're on lockdown, we had to think of things to do. So, you know, from those 10 people, you know, I just started smoking weed every day, and it just grew for just by smoking weed bro because i became like a, a, a reality star so <laughs> i feel like you know people wanted to follow me smoking weed in my daily life and then people wanted to find out more and i was like the fuck i'm still relevant you know what i mean and it was you know you know fast forward now like two three years later like most of my fans didn't even know my fans now don't, don't even know i rapped back then like they, oh. they only knew me as like from Buddha Chalang movie, you know, as La Monga. They didn't even know I rap. And they're like, oh my God, he raps? He has a voice for rapping. How come you never rap before? I was like, dude, I started as a rapper, you know? But yeah, man. That's but, but, but that's interesting because, you know, you see like traditional TV in a mainstream America right now, people have these second, third, fourth careers that also did not start off doing whatever their original thing was, right? And so like yeah. this, you know, a lot of people came probably to see this live stream because you were speaking your mind and you're smoking weed. These are things that are like not common in Vietnam. So I think that that freedom and living vicariously through you, seeing that you could just say whatever the fuck you want is like intriguing to people. And then I think that yeah. grew. And it just grew. You're totally right, bro, because... uh most of my people, fans and everybody are in Vietnam, you know? So there's laws, laws are different in Vietnam, you know? And so I think that's that's exactly you exactly what, what happened, you know? Like, and then from just smoking weed, they wanted, they I just took them into my, my, my life. So I basically became like a reality dude, man, you know? Yeah. Like during, during the pandemic. So I started, you know, and they just started seeing Amy more and they started seeing my life, how my lifestyle, like, damn, he's still young Jay. He's still, you know, you know, doing my thing still do it, you know? So that, that just, you know, fans got more and more interested because, you know, I'll be doing crazy stuff. I, I live a crazy life, you know that. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the fans, they didn't even know, fans now, they don't even know I rapped back then, bro. Like, you know, it was thanks to this whole pandemic thing, it brought me back as the we got. But, you know, you know, that's cool. You know, now, it, now, it brought are, back Long Monga. Yeah. Now, now, now that you have a new direction, are you heavily focusing on anything in particular? Are you going to revive the rap career or where are you going with all this? Uh, I'm at a, I'm at an age now where it's like a new chapter. I'm a, I embrace the the OG role now. I'm yeah. more of an OG teacher, you know? And like, I'm still trying to 
get there uh, with that whole somebody from Vietnam got to, you know, make it on the world stage. You know what I'm saying? We're not yeah. there yet. So I'm still part of that. I'm still part of that movement. I'm still trying to push for that. Somebody, you know, it could still be a Kimmy's, a Sue Boy, a Benzi, a Dan Vow, you know, like the Koreans could do it. The Japanese could do it. The Thais, like, why can't we do it? Even the Cambodians are doing it, you know, like, come on now. And so, like, you know, I'm still pushing that, you know. Can I ask you about hip hop in Vietnam? Do you, 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 do you know much about it? Um, since the pandemic, I've just been heavily researching and like, that's all I've been just heavily yeah. all about Viet rap, you know? Yeah. And, uh, what, what is the biggest show that they can pull? Like, you know, a thousand people, 5,000 people, 20,000 people. How big are doing, the shows? They're doing like stadiums now, bro. Sure. Like uh, the Den Vows and the, you know, the space speakers and the, you know, they're, they're, they're doing like stadiums now, bro. We're you talking know? 30, 40,000 people. Yeah, easy. They're doing like festivals and stuff. And that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, it's time, man. Maybe like, you know, shoot, get a feature with somebody, you know, one of them. You know, I don't know, get an international feature, but they're they're already doing that in Vietnam. But some know? of them have collaborated with Snoop and stuff, right? Yeah, but I think it wasn't the right time yet. You know, and it wasn't the right music yet. Yeah, back then, you know, they, you know, the dude collaborated with Snoop, but Vietnam hip hop wasn't like the way it is now yet. You know, it was still, you know, it was still kind of raw early stage. So I felt like that was kind of wasted. Wow. I mean, now he should like remake it, re-put it out, redo, you know, I don't know, do something, but. Back then, I think it was still, Vietnam hip hop was still raw, just like how it took them forever to accept my music. Yeah. You know? And my music ain't one genre, you know that. No, your music was very pop. It was very, like, pop, you know, like Black everything. Yeah. It felt like the Black Eyed Peas. So, you know, it's, it, it takes time, I guess. I don't know, but... Uh, and yeah. it sounds like luck too, right? Because if you come out the wrong time, you know, if you hit now, it's like the right time, right? The right time. If dude would have got a feature with a uh, uh, with a Snoop, I'm talking about what Sung Tung, right? Yeah, Sung Tung. If you would have got a feature with Snoop now, totally different. Oh, dude, totally different, bro. You know, like but totally. And that's how fast it. That's how fast hip hop. Like became mainstream in Vietnam within like two, three years, within yeah. like two years, bro. Ever since Ravit, shout out to Ravit, like that put like hip hop yeah. on the map in Vietnam. Like it made it mainstream. It made it mainstream. Like even pop, pop singers are trying to rap now. Are trying to, you know? And it's like, dude, okay. it's what that's I how do. fast it took. It took like less than like three years, bro. Like, but what I would do to hear Sue Boy and Kendrick Lamar, right? That would oh be, my god, that'll be dope. You know that kind of collab because uh, I know Sue's a, a real big Kendrick Lamar f uh, fan from day one. Dude, and like back then, like I said, she was on the brink of break, like breaking out, breaking like out. Uh, internationally. I mean, she was already international with the Vietnamese people. She did it South by Southwest. She performed at she South was, by. Like I said, she was on the brink, and so was the Kimmy's. Like they were all on that brink, you know. Sue Boy was the one. That's why I told you Sue Boy yeah. was the one. But for some reason, like, 
you know, she should be bigger than what she is now. You know, she's like, mm. you're right. She should be doing features with Kendrick, Kendrick Moore. They should all be calling her right now uh, for features right now. You know, but, like, but I think Sue had had a baby, and you know, her life um, yeah. became more introspective and more. You, she began to think about life in a different way, and those pursuits were not as important to her. You know, that's what I, I think. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I just saw her. I just came from Vietnam and I saw her last time. And say, like you said, she's into the baby. She's into the motherhood and family. like mm -hmm. being being healthy, living healthy. You know, yeah. she's all into that. Like, I, I get it. Just like I said, like you're asking me, you know, I'm 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 in I'm going different directions now in my life. I'm in a new chapter of my life, more of an OG chapter, you know, and like I, I like to go and do features. I'm like, you know what Snoop's doing? Yeah, you know, same shit. I'm still like the Snoop of it, Vietnam. You know, I still want to battle you, Snoop. <laughs> I think I, I still win. Come on, 200 hits, Snoop. Oh, you're What's talking about battling. Him? You're talking about battling with with hits. Hell yeah, ah, dude. I went live stream 200 hits in a row, bro. Come on, that's crazy. Come on. <laughs> how many how many uh, hits can Snoop do? I don't know. Let's battle and see, Snoop. <laughs> I don't think you can do 200 hits, though. No, that's intense, man. Let, let's uh, go back to your early life. You have so much presence and charisma when you're on stage. I've seen it. I've seen it on YouTube. I've seen it in videos. But I start to think about like the development of somebody with charisma, right? That has to come from somewhere. Do you think the factors of your youth is responsible for it? Or do you think you're just like, just by living and just by having this like colorful life, it just slowly sort of built up? Well, it's both. And yeah, definitely my youth got, you know, had to do something with it. Like I said, you know, in high school, I wouldn't change my high school days for nothing. We were like, you know, 15, 16 year old running things, bro. You know what I mean? Like, and just being around like my, you know, where I grew up, my environment, my friends that, you know, that I did dirt with those, those different characters, you know, you, you know, you you kind of take a little bit from, every, you know, yeah. you know, growing up, you take from everything. That's what, that's what life's all about, right? You take what works for you and, you know, like just, that's all part of growing up and like, it has a lot to do with my youth and living, you know, and living a colorful life. I get to experience a lot of things a lot of people don't get to experience, you know? And I'm grateful for that. What uh, what artists and musicians inspired you growing up? What did you listen to predominantly? Well, the person that got me just loving music was Michael Jackson. Mm. You know, like in the 80s. Well, you know, I'm an 80s kid, you know? So it's like... Uh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson got me just like loving music and loving thing everything about music and the way music makes you move the way yeah. michael was moving and he was just like ahead of his time he was like an alien bro yeah, you know totally. like and you know and you know i started smoking weed since i was like 13 so like 13 you know i started getting into more reggae but I, I discovered bob marley mm. when i was like 13 you know and it's like and then uh the third person would be Pac got me just loving i want to be a rapper i want to be like this dude you know i want to be fuck like you know what song yeah it's crazy <laughs> those three are my top people 
in that genre. You know, Michael Jackson's definitely up there for me. Yeah. Um, Tupac is somebody who's, you know, a guy grew up in the same neighborhood and with, um, um, wait, who's the third guy you said? Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Yeah. Bob Marley is somebody that I hope eventually gets to Vietnam in mass. Like, no. Right? I don't feel like yeah, I don't, reggae's not like reggae's popular nothing. in Vietnam, bro. Like, no. and and um, every everything else is like very popular. But you would think like Vietnam is like laid back and you know, yeah. and it has like that sort of like that bolero sort of you know Jalen kind but of feel, right? Like perfect blend, perfect, perfect, right? But it doesn't it doesn't have any resonance in Vietnam. But Marley, not yet. Yeah, it's starting to have a movement. You see all like this 420 culture, all the, you know, they're starting to, but, but they don't like, excuse me, back then, like, I was listening to reggae 24 hours a day, you know, like, yeah, you went to you a reggae know, fest like, together, you and me. I knew all Bob Marley songs, like, could sing it by heart, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. they're not into it like that yet, you know, like, you don't even really hear it that much. Not a lot of artists even do it, you know. They're starting now to kind of dip and dab into the reggaeton. Yeah, you know, that, reggaeton is yeah, hot reggaeton. world music right now. So then I'm starting to a little bit, but even that's not, you know, popular. It's yeah. It's whatever the Koreans do, the Vietnam, Vietnam copy. I'm like, what the fuck? Who do you think the Koreans copy? They copy us. <laughs> they copy the United States. <laughs> you know, they copy the world. Like, why don't you just go straight to the source? Yeah, let's not wait till Korea makes it popular. But that would be cool to see reggaeton and reggae music, you know, in Vietnamese. That would be dope. I'm starting to do some. I got some. You got some reggaeton, reggaeton coming up. I got some reggaeton in Vietnamese. Oh, that see, that's new, right? Huh? That's a new thing, right? Uh, yeah. And this, I'm I'm trying to do it all in in uh, Vietnamese. Well, you got a couple bars for us. You got a let demo. See, let me see if I can. Uh, Play this little demo. This is the Antoine I know. This is uh, it's in three different languages. It's in uh Spanish, Vietnamese, and uh English. Have you released it yet? Nah, I'm just dipping it. You know, I'm gonna have some girls sing on it. All right, here we go. Let's see. Long mong got love songs neck gong. Baila, 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 baila. I'm a north jumping over him. I took more long to come by him. You would know the name. Hey, Long mong got the baby, I'm the man. I'm a north. Hey, toys for him. Million yo. Hey, Long mong got the baby, I'm the man. So then my body beat. Yeah, <laughs> It is Mia, solo Mia, siempre Mia, 
Ya la noche y día. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's That's like, you know, yeah, I've never heard it. But yeah. But so now, who, like, who put that, name. who put that together for you? Who wrote the beat? Like, how did that evolution come about? I did. I, uh, well, the beat, um, thanks to my boy Weka did that beat right there. But, you know, I listen to a lot of reggaeton. Like, that's in my rotation here. It's like reggaeton music and stuff. So, you know, I sent Weka some, like, ideas of like you know who i like and stuff like that so he came back with that you know and uh yeah started you know and then all right so let me ask you when you finish something like this right what happens to the process of getting it out getting it released getting ears on it and then eventually getting it to into concert ready like modes like how does that the evolution of a few songs that you do go from point a all the way to point z well, before, like I said, now with social media, it's much easier. Before, I, I used to just do songs just to do songs because I love music and I just would do it just to do it without even a plan, you know? Yeah. Now, like everything I do has to have a plan, it has to be kind of commercial, kind of like that song, Ed is Mia. Uh, I kind of wrote that for my boy Henry. He had like a, he he needed some like songs that say something about Mia. The client's name is something like Mia Hotel or something like that, right? In Vietnam. And so uh that reggae thing, it's is for one, it's world music. So if it's for like a, a resort or whatever, you know, and it's you know, it's 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 world music. It's kind of yeah. like the resort music. So that's why I did that. And I'm writing it right now is because everything I do now has to have a plan. And I learned that through the years. And that's what I try to teach the youngsters now. I'm like, you know, you get this quick money and shit, but if you spend it, you know, it's going to be gone. If you don't invest it, you don't, you know, you, you, if you don't like keep branding, you just make yourself a brand, a bigger brand, keep building your brand. It's going to be gone real right, fast. You know, back then I made money. I made money writing. Remember, I used to ghostwrite for all the artists back then. Yeah. Uh, in Vietnam, all the pop artists, all, all the female pop artists only. But, <laughs> but anyways, like, uh, I used to make money, but I didn't have a plan, bro. Like, you know, and that's what my that's my only regret. Like, you know, back then, uh, one one I should have had a team instead of yeah. me doing everything. Two, like, you know. I was young Joe. I'm still young Joe, but now, you know, young Joe, I, I like, I look at my money now. Before I was just, you know, whatever money I made, I had that blood in me, you know, just that party blood. Mm -hmm. I would spend it, go on vacation or go to a club and spend like, you know, like a whole uh, uh, paycheck, a concert. You know, I just did a concert. I, I just got paid or I just wrote a song. I just got paid and we'll just go and blow that one night. You know, it's like, should have managed my money better. And that's why I tell the kids now, you know, like, should you get a name? you like, you know, manage your money. Like, you know, partying is one thing, but that gets old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, think about things differently. Now, once you finish this new track, what do you do with it? Well, right, right now it's in the writing stage. You know, I already got the beat. We're going to still tweak with the beat and stuff once it's done, but... Right now I'm writing it and I'm kind of catering it to what, you know, 
the client want. And then uh, from there, once we get it mastered and everything, you know, we're we're gonna, you know, package it to the client. If not, it, if they don't do it, I still got a unique song. Yeah. You know, a Vietnamese reggaeton song that we can, you know, market somewhere else. But, you know, before I release it or whatever, we have to have a plan now. Like I said, this is for that plan. If that don't happen, we you know, we do a plan B. We get some sponsors. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of now. Are you on TikTok? Uh, I'm starting to just jump into it. I'm Yo, missing out, bro. Everyone's telling me. You're missing out big time because... Oh my God, you are missing out big time. This is what I've been noticing. There's so many Lamonga accounts on TikTok. Are you serious? Dude, oh my God, all this, you know, Lamonga is like that, that my Boy Deutsche Lung role, which everybody knows me as now. But, uh, Copied? you know, TikTok, TikTok, you type in Lamonga, there's brrr, all these fake Lamonga accounts and they're all snippets of like the movie. You but, know, is there, but, there, but, but is there snippets of you going live or anything? Yep, some people take me going live on Facebook and they and they snip it. And they cut it. They do that on, on YouTube too. So now it's like I, I'm careful of what I do on, on uh going live now well, on Well you know uh, the Facebook. thing is this. I, I think this you're making money off of me, Ken. But that's fine. I think that's fine because your your name and your imprint is getting out there. I think that's a, a good thing. The more copycats are the the but you I think should Get on TikTok ASAP. And here's where I'm going with this. I, w I watch so many new artists and they do this really well. They make a hundred videos of the same song and they cut like a 30 second, 45 second clip of the same song in different, they're hanging out in their bedroom, they're riding in a truck, they're fucking on a skateboard, they're doing all kinds of different, literally the same artists repurposing his song a hundred times. And here's the beauty of that. That's a trend. Here's the beauty of it, is that you as Antoine is showcasing Lomonga to the world in a hundred different scenarios. Like you could be in Vietnam on a back of a motorbike. You could be on a farm in, in Vietnam. You could be in a club in Vietnam. You could be in your uh, uh, backyard in San Jose. You could be anywhere and you just keep making 30, or, or once one minute clip of that song you cut it up of the same song and you just you're singing it and you're just performing it in different locations and you just keep posting the same thing i've seen this now and these people just blow up these songs because they're they're good good and catchy songs like what you just presented you know i can imagine the finished version of that demo i can imagine what happens if you go on tiktok with that song i mean you should just do uh, another one if it's not client related. You should just do one more and just put, just finish it and master it and then do what these artists are doing. And it'll blow up in ways that you can't even imagine. It's time consuming though. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna start jumping on it because that's, that's where all the views are at right now. All the views are TikTok, man. TikTok's going to be here for the next 10 years like IG was. Think so? You think the next 10 years? Bro, look at IG. IG's been around for 10 years and now it's still here. But but it's like, okay, these old motherfuckers like us, right? In our, like, you know, from all the guys from 40 to 50 are on Facebook. They're all trapped in that Facebook. And then you got your, like, 35-year-olds to 
50 or 35 to 45 year olds, they're all on IG, right? Or I would say yeah. 30 to 45, right? 30 to 50. They're all on IG. The older dudes, like 40 to 50 is like us. We're on Facebook. 40 to 60 is like on Facebook and we're trapped in that world. We don't know about Instagram. And then the <laughs> Instagram people don't really jump into the TikTok world. But the TikTok world is going to be bumping for the next 10 years. It will. And if you want the young kids, you got to like be on the TikTok. I skipped the whole Instagram and I'm like on IG now. I mean, uh, a TikTok. So I have like almost 11,000 followers for for posting. Damn, 11,000 followers. It went up quick. Tweezy, it went up fast, man. It was like, it's and you know, with Instagram, I have like 14,000. I got to like, you got you to gotta like run ads on that to grow your Instagram thing. But Dude. Hey, Instagram, if you're a female, hot female, you you get you it's blow quick. Up. But like TikTok too. You blow up, dude. You just gotta take a picture of your ass, yeah. ass, your face, and like, you know, look pretty and blam. Like, that's how Instagram works, bro. Like straight TikTok, up. But TikTok, TikTok works faster. That's what everyone says. It's faster, man. And you know, at one point when they go overload and it's too many people, they're gonna start charging like Instagram. And it's gonna be hard. No, about you, you hear about Twitter? They're about to start charging for the the uh, the the check. check. That's crazy. Uh, Elon, crazy. Yeah, but yeah, you should get another. You know that either that song or another song and blow it up on TikTok, man. Yeah, well, right now there's a song blown up on Twi uh, TikTok. One of my songs that I just released is called White, and has like oh like Hong Kong, uh, you know uh remake to it oh man people are using that right now with, with like fight scenes on wow. the street and filming people fighting on the streets and they're putting my music behind it like so you could do yeah you could take that same video cut up to 20 places cut cut up you know a 30 30 to 45 minute yeah. a second uh clip and then just shoot yourself eating pho hanging out with your daughter <laughs> dude it's the craziest shit that i've seen man i've seen the most random shit that these artists just they don't care because it's just about feeding the algorithm, right? I mean, I think it's cool too. I think it's a cool thing because algorithm, everything in algorithm, algorithm based, yeah. They yeah. didn't have that back then. <laughs> Not and like and you. yeah, it's it's just a phenomenal thing, man. So you know, your work in and out of music is is fairly edgy, very provocative. You know that one fucking video you did with Fong Lei, man. Me and my brother were rolling. <laughs> we were fucking rolling. That's some straight. Hey, Fong Lei and his team—they're geniuses, man. Shout out to Hi yeah. Fong Lei. You know, shout out to Fong Lei, man. He has a team. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Everything needs a team. Like Fong Lei, why it works? Because he has a, a whole team, bro. Like, really, you know, it's fun working with them. You're like, and they're very professional. Man, like, that fucking video. That video, he wrote it? Yeah, he wrote that skit. Like, Man. you know, I called him up. Like, we kind of planned it a couple weeks. Like, yo, I'm going to be in town. I'm being OC. And, you know, like, shit. He, he, he wrote that. That weekend, I, I showed up in yeah. OC. He wrote that, and we shot it, like, Dude. one day. Like, and and the like acting, an your acting and his acting, you know, is just so fucking on point, you know? And the way that it is so fucking irreverent and so out of the <laughs> It's just like fucking you cross every fucking line, man. I know, man. How like it was like two worlds coming together on that one, and yeah. it, it it somehow worked. Like me and him, like through the years, we you know we, that's our first project we did together. I want to see Never. more of them. Like but you know, dude. after like 
20 years in the game, both of us, you know, he was like one of the first to pave the ways for like Vietnamese totally. rappers, you know? So like he's one of the OGs. But we haven't worked together for like, you know, through the years. Like this is the first time we ever worked together, period. You know? And it's like I, I would love to see a feature it, film organically. I would love to see a feature film comedy with the two of you. Oh man, like I, I've been trying to pitch him, pitch to Fong, like, let's do a fucking like Buida yeah. Bosa fucking but film high, like Buida Jalung, but like a comedy, you know, Buida Jalung. Yeah, buddy comedy. Yeah, you know, like, like you know, everybody expects me to be a gangster or whatever, La Monga, you know, that role. But how about like a fucking Buida comedy where like totally. it's a, a gay La Monga or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I'm I'm proud, you know, I'm proud of my, you know, <laughs> I'm a I'm no gay stuff, but I could do a gay role like Taiwa. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yes, like, yes. you know. I want to explore my acting some more, you know, because everybody expects me to do that. I'll never jump out of my acting, you know? Yeah. Like, like he started it with They My Thin, that that gay role, dude. And, like, you know, outside, he's like a man, man, you know, Taiwan, right? But that's, but a, he, that's a tough thing, though. I could see where you're saying that you want to stretch, you know? But I think in, yeah. in Taiwan, you know, and, and that was a different time in Vietnam where, like, because I feel like that could be a little bit, dicey because you know vietnamese people in like paris Monite, there's always like this sort of fine line of like you know jokes about you know being gay but it's like you know i think in american culture it's like we we view things a little bit different than you know than uh we're than open we're open so that's why i think it'll work if we do like a bosa and then you know some gangster roles they're actually like a gay gang or something, or you know, it's something funny, something like right, off right, the wall right. that you could actually do here in the states, you know. And and what's holding you and Fong Lei from doing it? It's time, bro. And it's like, dude, we we just need a script, you know. So I keep telling him, but he's Mister Busy. Like, he sh they shoot like every other day, bro. If he's what? not shooting for like, you know, in Bosa in like OC, there's like three top people who shoot videos for everybody. And Fong Lei is one of the the three. I did not know the company that shoots videos and like one of the three top three productions down there. And like you know, if he's not doing videos and he's him and his team, they're like constantly putting out uh, material, bro. Like, so how would somebody find that um, that video clip? What do they type in uh, in YouTube to find that clip with you and uh, Fong Lei? Uh, it's. I think it's uh you just put in Fong Lei La Monga and it'll just pop, it'll up. pop up. Damn that shit. Yeah. It's just you just put my name and his name together and that shit will pop up instantly. Dude, within like it got like three million views within like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, I gotta do more shit with you, Fong Lei. You do. You do like, dude, do three, like within like two weeks, three million views. I'm like, dude, imagine we did like a short film or yeah, something. Yeah, like, because it was well directed too. You know, Fong did his job. You came with it. You know, and the girl uh, came with it. It was, it was fucking great, and it was all shot. It, it happened organically, bro. It, it was just that's that's why it it you know came out that that way. We just the vibe just clicked, bro. Like you know, uh, Fong was, was a good director. Fong and his wife. Shout out to Mindy. Was, like, was she in the video? No, she was behind. She's oh, wow. like the, the, 
the one behind the scenes of all Fong Lei shit, bro. Like, she, you know, she's one of the editors and like, you know, she was the one doing the camera work. Fong was directing, like, it was cool, man. I, I had a good time. Yeah, that script is hilarious, man. I wasn't expecting the outcome of that, that video. And it's just like, it's just so edgy. All right, well, going back to my question about being edgy and provocative and, and shit like that. When you go back to Vietnam, how do you feel like society, like the government, the people there, how do they, like, how do you, in your mind, when you walk around, how do you feel that they're looking at you? Because you have such edgy, such fucking like, ir like just really uh, don't give a fuck attitude about the content that you put out irreverence that's what it is you have an irreverent uh, way of looking at it I'm, I'm used to it can like back then you know everybody was clean cut back then i had dreadlocks right, right. <laughs> you know i was just always been that dude just to rebel man like you know just growing up like i was rebelled so yeah so it's the same so it was the same and like but vietnam is a whole another level that like, i get looked upon like i'm a i'm an alien bro <laughs> you know especially like 10 years like ten, you know like more than 10 years ago when i first came back to vietnam I, I was totally looked at like i was an alien bro like especially you know amy you know amy with heels on she's like six foot something she's a head you know so me you. and her going back to vietnam together it was like you know it was like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie back in the day. Like the power couple people were like, what the fuck? Here's a short fucking dude with a red mohawk with a tall model, you know, like wifey. And they're like, what the fuck? And then, you know, you know how the rules is, man. Girls bring girls. Hot girls pull in hot girls, you know, <laughs> you know, not to brag, but, you know, my wife is, you know, pretty, pretty cool looking. So, you know, she always had the hot model friends. You know, and, you know, back then, go back to Vietnam and, you know, Amy was modeling in Vietnam, too, back in the day. Yeah. It went back. And so, like, you know, they look now they looked at me different. They look at me as like the weak God or Lamonga. But back then, you know, I'm so damn. I was barely, you know, I was starting to crack it over there finally, you know, but they're staring at us because, you know, I was just so weird, like to them, you know, I had yeah. tattoos. And, you know, I was smoking weed everywhere, you know, and it's like, and then I'm walking around with this, you know, this tall model with other model girls. So it was, you know, I was always getting stared at and it, it made me want, want, want it more. I'm an artist. Come on, man. It's like, Got you it. know, yeah. yes, any artist, they say, no, I don't like that. That's bullshit. You know, <laughs> I don't care. Like that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, artists like to express. And exactly. They want, to be, they want to be heard. They want to be seen with their expression. Yeah. Exactly. All artists. All, all artists. artists. All artists. I don't no care. matter who you, you are. Know, yeah. they, they say you interview an artist and they tell you no, they're fucking straight up lying Holy to you, shit. Ken. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you, how do you see yourself retiring? Is it going to be in Vietnam or the U.S.? I would love to. Ideally, I'd love to spend like six months in the U.S., six months in Vietnam. Go back and forth. Yeah, why? Because... Dude, like, I just love being in Vietnam. But when, you know, in Vietnam, after a while, I just missed the States because I grew up in the States. I grew up here all my life. Came in when I was, like, three years old. So, you know, used to living here in the States and stuff, but yearning to be in Vietnam. So, you know, 
So that's why ideally six months there, six months over here, you know? And I'm not really a cold person. I don't really do good in the cold. So maybe during the cold here, I'd be in Vietnam. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm the opposite. I like the cold. And that's so why I can I have, I got warm weather all year round. Yeah. So you like warm weather all year round. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love lucky. I don't do good in warm weather because I sweat a lot, yeah. but I feel so much healthier in warm, like in Vietnam. Dude, my skin is smooth. Like I'm sweating all the time because I don't sweat as much here in the states. It's cold, right? Yeah. Over there, like, dude, I'm constantly sweating, so it's like I feel good, bro. You know. You have like, a lot. You have a lot of intense fans, and it's fun to read the comments because <laughs> I, I read them all the time. Are you surprised with the the recent, you know, pandemic newfound sort of interest in what you do and who you are? And then how have you reacted to all of it? Like, what what are you doing with the newfound sort of following that you have? Um, now, like I said, I can, uh, I'm more of an influencer now. So I could just, now I'm just, you know, a new chapter now, man. Trying to just better the world, man. You know? And like, every, every country where I go, I respect the rules there, mm. you know? Like in Vietnam, I don't smoke weed. I don't, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point. It, it's legal. I'm in a state that's legal, you know? I'm over the limit, uh, my age limit that's legal. So I can smoke, you know? And it's. Well, what, why do you think you've made that change to to do things the right way? I know it's age, but what, what do you think provoked that sort of new way of looking at it? That's like not you. I didn't. That's not the Antoine. What do you mean that's not me? Back then, I had like dreadlocks. I was trying to no. make a change already. Well, no, no, no. What, what I'm like, saying is, hey, I, 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 no, 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 no. You misunderstood. Like a shame. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. That's how I make it in play. Was through your shirts. Yes, yes, yes. No, no. You, you misunderstood my question. I, I'm saying. Now you're different. You want to play by the rules with wherever country you go to. But that's not the Antoine I know. Antoine I know is like, you know, the the rebel. But what, what do you think changed? Probably having my baby, bro. Mm. Being a father. I like just, ever since being a, you know, having my, my, my daughter, it's just whole perspective on life yeah. has changed. I have a purpose. Before, like I said, that's why I didn't have a team. I didn't, I wasted money. I just, you know, I didn't really have a purpose, you know? I was just, me and the wifey just, you know, wanted to have fun, you know, travel the world. But now, like, ever since my kid, my daughter, I have, like, a purpose. It's it's weird. It's, like, there's a, a button just, you know, just switched on. Like, just switched on, like, and I just look at things a little different now. Like, I don't want to be, before I would call it kind of living reckless, in a way, you know, yeah. we're young, wild and free and yep. reckless. <laughs> Don't forget the word reckless. Yeah. You no. Know? And uh, now I can't be reckless. She needs me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I provide for them and stuff. So I can't like party, do drugs all night, you know, party, do a show, be go to a show high on drugs. Then afterwards, party some more. And, like there's. Thank God, like, I never OD'd in those nights and stuff, you know? And, like, now having, I can't do stuff like that no more. I can't live reckless no more. Like, I always wanted to jump out of an airplane, go skydiving and shit. You know? Mm -hmm. That's one of my bucket list. But, shit, now it's like, you think twice. I still want to do that. But in the back of my mind, it's like, shit, 
what if you die? <laughs> you know, then what happens? To, you know, so yeah, it's having a kid, Ken, like it, it changed a lot of things. And I just want to do, you know, leave Good a better, thing. better place for her, a better world. Like, look yeah. at the way the world's heading, bro. Like global warming, like a motherfucker. Yeah. You know, like, dude, we're not going to have a world like fucking 50 years from now. You know, for sure. Sometimes I feel like Vietnam is doing more like collectively for the for the global. You can feel like more global climate care coming out of Vietnam sometimes than you do the Vietnamese American community here. You know, you just don't see it as much. You you see so much care happening in Vietnam. I don't know. Maybe it's hotter there. And, you know, here it's just, you know, a lot of people are Republicans. And, you know, it's not something that is on the radar as much. Yeah, like I said, one thing, you know, the government's different there. You got yeah, it, you know? they are. And, like, yeah, they care because the only thing, the only thing about Vietnam is just the air quality. Once that's getting regulated, like, I went to a VinFast event this last time in Vietnam, and yeah. you got to see, like, all these new electric, electric cars. cars. Oh, my God, they're going to take over Tesla. Telling you, VinFast. But, dude, it's... And all these electric uh, bikes, motorbikes that's about to come out, and it's very affordable, bro. Like wow. affordable, like five hundred bucks, six hundred US bucks. What, a Vinfast electric bike? Electric, like one of their starters. It, I mean, it goes up. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But, bro, I'm telling you, that's dude. They're gonna change the game in Vietnam, and like I'm telling you, you're right. Vietnam is clean. If you think about it, yeah, the streets are dirty because they have their own way of clean, but they always have those cleaning ladies with the trash that comes every morning, right? Yep. yep right? Yep. It's just so many people in Saigon. It, it gets dirty easy, the streets every day, but every night those cleaning ladies come out. And yeah, it's but like it's cleaner now. Clean in the morning. Yeah. But the only bad thing is the air. You already know that. It's like one of the worst top five air in the world. But I'm telling you, once once these electric bikes, like everyone gets hit to it, the it's on. The, yeah. It's on. It's gonna help the air quality. It's on. Let 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 me ask you about your 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 wifey, Amy. You <laughs> have been with her all these years. And I have nothing but love and admiration for that because you know, I know to stay within, you know, to stay together is a very difficult thing, especially when you have children. It blows my mind that one of the things that you've managed to do is to stay with uh, and have a family after all these years with such a rebellious lifestyle with all the drugs, the women, you see it just all <laughs> over. How do you maintain that sense of family? Because you include Amy in a lot of these videos or these projects. We see her. We see her in the sometimes next to you, sometimes on, in the background, but she's always around. You can feel it. But you talk like you know like you know you a lot of the material that comes out of your mouth is very irreverent and very loose sometimes but there's a lot of respect for your wife how is that possible i just got lucky i found a wife that that uh understands me that likes me for who i am when she met me i was already like that you know but you know to answer your question we have our ups and downs like any any couple yeah you know but it takes a strong woman to be with an artist period any artist you know we're we're hard to get along yeah. live with and like you know we had our ups and downs and you know several times she left and came back but 
she's like my Sharon Osborne, bro. She's mm. like, like I, like you said, she's always been in the background. She's she, when I first started, she was all in my videos, and she's always been like, like my opposite, you know, because like you know, she's always kind of kept me grounded, bro. And she knows this is a business. Everything is a business, you know. And when she met me, it already had that business going on, you know. And like she just helped me make the business better. Like, bam. You wow. know, yeah. she had a big part of me blowing up in Vietnam back in the day. Seriously. You know, a guy with a red mohawk, yeah, one thing. But a guy with a red mohawk with a super tall supermodel, that's another thing. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? So a big, you know, a big, oh, a big, you know, shout out to Amy. Like, you know, big part of me blowing up in Vietnam was... You know, I had, <laughs> by your side. Yeah, her by my side. But I don't know. I don't know. I was just been lucky. But like, you know, at the end of the day, Snoop Dogg, same thing. You can compare right. me to Snoop because a lot yeah. of our, what we do is similar. You know, at the end of the day, he comes home to his wifey. He has, you know, the boss lady calls her. Yeah. But you know, you still see Snoop doing his thing, Young Jay. The girls got to have, you know, the, it's, the, it's the culture we live. It's the music we right, do. Right, right. It's like, you know, rap and like sex and, you know, sex sells, bro. Yeah, that's like all part you of know? it. It's all part of it, bro. Everything, it comes down to sex sells, bro. Like, you know, that's all part of the game right now. And like, I've always been true to my image ever since you met me when I was a teenager. But lmd little mac daddy you know what i'm saying before lmg for Lamonga was lmd you know and it's like the whole reason i got into music was for women <laughs> remember i told you all like i don't care about the money that's where i went wrong i should have cared about the money back then but back then i only did it because i wanted to go on tour i wanted to do shows and fuck groupies <laughs> like that was the whole point of doing music back then like that was the whole, the whole reason, like how many how many numbers back then we didn't have yeah. cell phones or nothing like that. We had to get numbers, you know. Whenever whenever we all went out as a group, even at Sundance, Candy was a competition, right? Come on, it was a competition. <laughs> all of us, we all competed like who could get the most numbers. You know what I'm saying? We would cock block each other, <laughs> like you know, it was it was fun. It was fun. It was fun time. It was fun, bro. That but happen I was today like, anymore. I, I did it because of the fucking pussy <laughs> you know and like you know i got used to that lifestyle and then like i met amy you know in my 30s you know no like like late 20s 30s and yeah she kind of uh, she she liked that lifestyle too we're like used to that lifestyle the roosevelt i, I met amy during like the roosevelt era Heyday. Oh, shoot. The Roosevelt Hotel. That was a heyday. We could make a whole movie about that summer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood. Yeah. So, like, that's when I met my wife. And, you know, we're that old, like, debutante Paris Hilton party in Paris. And, you know, like that whole, that she was, you know, she was part of that. So, naturally, like, you know, she grew with that. And she was used to that lifestyle already, you know? Yeah. So. And even before we started this podcast today, um, she had a lot to do with loosening you up. You know, I could hear it in the background, you know. So I appreciate that, Amy. 
Sharon you know? Osborne. Yeah. She yeah. She like really, she, she could hear what I was hearing and she was like, yeah, she pushed it. She was like, you know, you do this, do that a little bit. And you know, lose no, what'd she say? What'd she say? Go what? Go smoke some weed. <laughs> Go smoke That's some why weed. I've been with that with, with her for over fifteen years. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and she and, gets and me, bro. She makes me smoke weed. Like, did you smoke your weed yet? Yeah, <laughs> and I can feel the difference too. I mean, it's a such a different, such a, a, it's just you. You know, like having you come alive after this. Now, what can we expect in the future, man? What's the near future? What do you want? I want to get back into acting more. Yes. Like I said, most people only know me as the actor, not even the rapper. They yeah, that's so strange to me, right? Not even before that era, you know? Yeah. So, and, the, you know, doing, I haven't acted in a while, and I just did that thing with Fong Lei. It, it kind of stirred the blood up again, you know? Why like, it comes natural, bro. It, like, it's yeah. really easy to me. Why don't you try to push Fong to, to do more of that? Or you try yeah. to find and team up with people that... Because nowadays we can do these things on our own. We don't need to get green lit or, or fine. You should just be doing a lot of it as you know as much as you can. Hey, you know all the people. Shoot, any directors, producers got a, a script for Lamonga Hala. So acting is uh, something we can expect in the future. And then when are you going back to Vietnam? Um, I have like two songs I'm gonna release. Hopefully. Uh... I'm trying to push it like a, one of the songs come out before the year ends, but I got two songs, one with uh, Lin and one with uh, model Mingo. So probably going to go back and uh, uh, Mr. Henry, he's uh, he just got the rights to Miss Global for uh, Vietnam 2023. So hopefully contracts, everything work out and be the music director for that. That should be fire. So, uh, excuse me. So yeah, you'll be next year. Be going back to Vietnam quite a bit if all if it all you know pans out. And I'm about to get into the Lamonga vapes. Oh, nice, nice. That's a good business, right? Lamonga vapes. So that's another thing. I'm trying to get out of this whole weed business thing. So yeah, we didn't even get into that. But uh, is there anything left that we that we're leaving on the table that we haven't spoke about? that you want to bring up before we uh, sign off here? Um, I'm just proud of uh, the way uh, hip hop is going right now for Vietnam. Like for somebody, you know, who like was back in the day when hip hop was so underground, like to see where it, yeah. it is now. It Like I'm proud of where it, it, it you know, has, has gone. And uh, I would love to still push for Vietnam to be on the world stage, you know, whether it be acting, you know, singing, rapping, producing, you know, we need a, it's time, you know, it's like, we're so talented. There's so many talented artists, you know? And uh, like I said, it's time to like be there with the world stage. We need not one, but many artists to crack that, you know? I agree with you wholeheartedly still, that's why I do I'm the work. still pushing for that yeah. you know like i'm still you know just pushing for you know artists to get together and do futures more with each other instead yeah. of fronting each other you know they're from the north they're from the south or this and that so i'm doing a lot of that right now i'm doing a lot of uh collabs right now to where i'm pulling artists from north and then south usually they don't 
would not rap with each other. I'm putting them on that song. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need to do more of that. So, I yeah, like, man. I like that a lot, man. Man, thank you so much for all these years of, you know, our friendship and, you know, hanging out and you coming out to support me a few times at the at the different <laughs> night markets that we've done. So good to see you throughout the years. And hopefully one day we can I'm be in Vietnam this. together and hang. Thanks a lot, brother. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, can't wait to see you again on this. I can. That was fun. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to The Vietnamese with Kenneth Nguyen. The Vietnamese is produced by Brittany Tran. Special thanks to Jane Nguyen, Catherine Nguyen, Tina Pham, Sydney Jamie, and Christo Trin. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vietnamese Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube where you can subscribe, like, and comment. Please rate and give us a review wherever you find our podcasts.